How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me, as always, is Frank Madden. Frank, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing I'm doing great, Eric. Thanks for asking. And uh, it's it's shaping up to be a really good sports week for me because obviously the Milwaukee Bucks are on a four-game win streak now after their win tonight over the I don't, know, I don't know if hapless is the right word for the New York Knicks because they're really not that much worse than the Bucks. So <laughs> probably be careful. But um, the Bucks are on a roll. Giannis was incredible tonight. Chris Middleton is healthy and looking like Chris Middleton. And, um, you know, my broader sports world right now is pretty awesome because um, I don't think we talk about soccer much on this podcast, and I will try not to talk about soccer much on this podcast. But um, – I am a Barcelona fan because I deserve to have one thing that's that's awesome in my sports <laughs> life, and um, and they pulled off like pretty much the most incredible comeback, certainly in Champions League history today. And I could not watch it live, but I was checking on my phone, and uh, that was incredible. And have Christian you got to watch Pulisic, it live now? Uh, I haven't. I've watched highlights. I'm recording it um, on DVR tonight, so I'm going to watch it this weekend. Uh, uh, and, going inside uh, baseball here, uh, Charles Gardner, our good friend at the Journal Sentinel, also a huge Barcelona fan, and the that game happened this afternoon before pregame today, and I I'm actually surprised he got through the game today because he was <laughs> he he was breathing heavy, he was excited, uh, it it was it was pretty funny to watch. Uh, he was he was on cloud nine, and yes, that game absolutely insane. So. Yes, you deserve to enjoy yeah, that, and, Frank. Yeah, and, and just, just so people know what we're talking about. So it's the Champions League. It's the, the basically the best teams in Europe. It's round of 16. Barcelona loses the first game against uh, Paris Saint-Germain for nothing, like a you know massive ass-kicking that you just don't see Barcelona suffer because they're you know, basically the best team in the world. And uh, they come back needing to uh, at least win for nothing to tie and basically, they they go up three nothing. They give up a goal, which means because uh, away goals count uh, as a tiebreaker. And in the 80th minute, they're down three one. They need to score three goals uh, by the time the game ends. And they score three goals in the next seven minutes. Uh, and you know, just people are crying in the stands. It's, it was just yeah, incredible. But and also Christian Pulisic, the yeah, greatest hope USA. for America. USA. <laughs> the greatest hope for America to have a good. Slash awesome soccer player. He's just turned 18. He plays in Germany for Borussia Dortmund. Um, he scored a goal. He's a goal in the second straight game today. A big goal for Borussia Dortmund. They're a very good team as well. And so uh, if you are a soccer fan, you had a, a pretty awesome day, unless you're like a crap Real Madrid fan or something like that. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know why anybody would be a Real Madrid fan. But. Okay, anyway, well, this Milwaukee has been, Bucks. This has let's, been let's locked on. 
<laughs> this has been locked on i don't know international soccer uh we'll, we'll yeah, be back yeah. to, we'll talk to you in a month two months three months maybe <laughs> never again um let's get to this bucks game bucks win 104 93 and it it was a game i, I don't know it, it was interesting to me that i think the first five minutes of the game might have been the best i've seen the bucks look this entire season and then it was a whole lot of garbage uh then the third quarter they start one of 14, 15, I believe yeah. it was. Um, and then all of a sudden, Giannis just decides, you know what? I'm better than all of you. Um, and I'm just going to take over this game. And that's exactly what he did. I, I tweeted about it after the game. He, he They go down 12 halfway through the third quarter. He scores 10 points in the next six minutes. And the Bucks go from down 12 to up three, I believe, at the end of three quarters. And, yeah, it, it was – it was just one of those nights where you see Giannis play and you don't you you struggle to comprehend how the rest of those guys are in the same league as him because uh, it just looks like he's playing a different game than all these dudes. And uh, again, there there's always like the highlight tapes after that uh, that, that have become very popular in the last couple of years where someone cuts off the highlights for a specific player for that for a specific game. And Giannis obviously gets one pretty much after every single game. I'm not sure there's going to be a better one than the one he had tonight because he was everywhere on both sides of the floor. Yeah, my a friend of mine, um, who uh, my friend John, who uh, lives, he actually works uh, at the Baseball Hall of Fame, and um, John texted me out of the blue. Not really a big basketball fan, um, but because he's in New York, he gets Knicks games, and he was watching the game tonight, and he texts me out of the blue uh, about seeing Giannis, and he texts me. It's insane. Is he the best player in the league? I feel like I haven't seen anyone like that ever. <laughs> and that's pretty much like, you know, J- John saw like five minutes of him and he texted me that. Um, and, and tonight we kind of saw everything. We, we take Giannis for granted to some extent on this podcast. We haven't talked about him extensively because, you know, oh, he scores 24, you know, 8 and 5 and 2 and 2. And it's like, yeah, that's what he does, right? <laughs> like what he did against the Sixers, what he did in the game before that, we did in the game before that. Um you know, he's not doing anything that's really out of character. But, you know, it's, it's it's crazy that we've kind of become numb to this. And so we often talk about other guys who maybe are playing way above their heads or, you know, surprising things, whatever. Um, but on a night like this, you you have to start with Giannis Adetokounmpo because, the, you know, I, I haven't looked it up. I'm guessing the number of guys who've put up a 32-point, 13-rebound, 7-assist, 4-steal, 2-block night – I don't know. Maybe him and Anthony Davis this year. Like to be, you know, I'm. Man, I'm I don't guessing. even know if anyone like, else has done it this year. Yeah, I mean, what he's doing on a semi-regular basis is just nobody else is doing this. And you know, just one turnover tonight, plus ten, uh, thirteen free throw attempts, and as you said, um, you know, just took the Bucks on his back. And we've been seeing him do that. He has not been very good in first halves, or um, maybe been a bit quiet at times in first halves. He got off to a fast start tonight. Um, four steals and like the I I I was watching on my phone when I was a uh, I was walking by I was at work until about six forty five I walked to Chipotle here in downtown Dallas I'm walking back walk re- watching the game on my phone and it had just started already and he had four steals and three assists in like what like the first like five minutes of the game or something yeah um you know plays a couple of nice passes had the crazy around the back pass with his left hand um, to Tony Snell for a dunk in transition uh. 
you know, a couple of great dunks in the first quarter. He's off to a fast start. As the Bucks got off to a fast start, up 11, and as you said, it kind of slowed down, and Giannis only two points in the second quarter. Um, but, you know, he kind of got off to a little bit, a little bit of a slow start in the third quarter. He was 5 out of 14 at one point, ends the game 11 out of 21, so he made six of his last seven shots and was living at the foul line, a couple of huge blocks at the rim, um, you know, Drew, drew the defense in, got Greg Monroe a layup, got Matthew Delvadova, uh, one or two open threes in the third, in the fourth quarter. Um, this, this is, this is greatness. <laughs> this is, that's what that looks like. And, um, in the second half of the season, he's averaging only 8.3 points on 48% shooting in first halves. Second halves, 15 points, 4.3 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 1.5 blocks, and on, doing that on 66% shooting. So basically, if you can ever have a big first half, you know, like a 15-point, 18-point first half, I think you and Alex Boder can have one of your uh, one of those conversations you love so much. By the way, happy happy birthday to Alex Boder. Uh, he had his birthday the other day. Happy um, birthday to Frank Mann. We skipped it the other day. I didn't even mention it. I was a total oh, failure. Yeah. That's true. Well, Giannis needs to give Alex and I a uh, an 18-point first half for our birthdays and then <laughs> he needs to just drop his usual 22 in the second half uh, as he did tonight to get to 40 so you and Alex can talk about uh, the 40 point game on press row but um, but yeah Giannis um, I mean Giannis is phenomenal thank you thank you for making being Bucks fan a worth being a Bucks fan worthwhile Giannis uh, when you think about the conversation we had last night where we were trying to decide, would you rather be a blank fan rather than a Bucks fan? The reason we kept coming back to being a Bucks fan was Giannis. He's incredible. He Wait, it's it's not because of Jason Kidd? It is not, no. Um, <laughs> it is because of Giannis. He, he is just that incredible. And, uh, I mean, every single night you watch him, you're just kind of – you you have to be at least a little bit stunned. I know as Bucks fans we kind of get used to it and kind of I don't know you're you're a little bit seasoned to it. You you you've seen it before, and then all of a sudden he has that crazy block. He tries to to dunk on Billy and on Gomez, and you're thinking how on why would he try that? There's no way it could have worked, and yet it almost did. And that's the thing with Giannis is you'll see him. You can see it coming. You can see this insane thing he's thinking about attempting, and you can think to yourself, there's no way he can do that. And then he either does it or almost does it or does it so close that you think, oh, man, he could do it if he got that chance again. And you think that nightly with him, and it, it is, like you said, it is just stunning, stunning to watch. And uh, I asked him about it a little bit post game, but – I think with him, you're starting to see those those superstar qualities. There was always the numbers and just the raw the raw output was there. You could see that raw output, and you could see that this guy was was going to be a star. But stars kind of know when to turn it on and know when to play and know when to take a game over and know when to defer to some of their teammates and to try to let them get going and. I think you're starting to see that with Giannis. It's I don't know if it's pacing yourself, whatever you want to call it, but it's controlling and dictating the tempo of a game, and controlling and dictating the control of the game. He's in control of the game in these situations. And you talk about in the first half when he's not scoring as much. I I, I think a lot of it is 
he knows he needs to get his teammates going, that he can get going at, at any moment. He does not need that help. He does not need someone to get him going. He can get himself going whenever he wants. So the, the other guys that need that, okay, let's try to get Tony Snell going. Let's try to get Daly going. Let's try to get Monroe going. Let's try to get anyone on this roster going so that I have some help down the stretch when I decide to take it over. And those guys have some rhythm when I do kick it out for three or I do get in a pick and roll with these guys. And uh, in the last, I don't know, last couple of weeks, I think you're starting to see more and more of that. And I know we we circled it after he did that with the Clippers game. And when CP3 went on his run, he had the answer. And we talked about it again with the Raptors game. Same thing. And we're talking about it tonight. The, the Bucks go down 12, and then Giannis just asserts himself and says, no, we're not losing this game. I will not allow it. And, yeah, it it's it's kind of startling to see him just right in front of your eyes grow up and we've seen it year in and year out but within a year seeing seeing those things and i think the next step is jason kidd mentioned a post game but when Giannis starts to shoot 10 plus free throws a night that's what that's what superstars do they get to the line they get themselves easy points and Giannis talked about that post game too but he has 13 free throws tonight and uh, I th- I'm trying to think when that stretch was in December. Maybe the first couple games he started to get like 15 free throws, uh, double digits in two or three games in a row. And I started to think to myself, okay, he- he's starting to figure it out, and he's starting to kind of get some of those star calls. He's starting to just attack the rim so aggressively and relentlessly that he's going to go to the free throw line. And in fact, I think it was the last four game winning streak when they had the back to back Nets games that that happened. Um, and again, that's the that's the next part of being a superstar. So we're seeing two things: him controlling and dictating the tempo of the game, and getting to the free throw line. If those if those two things become consistent, good luck NBA. I, I don't know what you're going to do with them. Yeah, and tonight uh, he he didn't necessarily need that big first half because Chris Middleton got off to a really quick start, 15 points. Um, was it by like mid second quarter? He had 15 points. Finished only with 18, um, did have a, hit a big three in the second half as the Bucks kind of uh, slugged their way past uh, the Knicks. You mentioned they go down 69-57 at one point. Um, I think all of us were thinking there, sitting there thinking, well, it's been a whole <laughs> week since the Bucks, you know, shit the bed at home. So is it that time again? Um, but thankfully, uh, they they pulled it out and. Um, you know, again, I think, again, showing some backbone, showing some character. Um, and, you know, defensively, I, I mentioned on Twitter, uh, they nearly had their best defensive uh, performance in terms of defensive efficiency since that December 16th game in Chicago when they just absolutely blew the doors off the Bulls. Um, they ended up at uh, a defensive rating of about 100, um, which is slightly worse than the game they had against Detroit uh, a couple weeks back at home. Um, but again, you know, this isn't a good Knicks team, but look, the Bucks were hemorrhaging points against horrible offensive teams for, for a long while this season. So, um, you know, against a Knicks team that, you know, probably did them some favors by falling in love with the mid-range shot. The Knicks outscored the Bucks from mid-range 32 to 8 tonight. Derrick Rose, 13 out of 16. Um, uh, I gotta say I, something, I can live, Frank. I can, li- I can live with that. I, I, you know, if you're gonna lose because the other team goes nuts from mid-range, so be it, right? But but obviously, uh, eventually the Bucks, uh, you know, everything kind of eventually went the Bucks' way, and um, you know the 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 law of averages and 
uh, and everything worked in their in their favor ultimately. Kudos to the coaching staff and the Bucks for actually executing that game plan. You talked about how many mid-range shots they were getting, and after the game, kids said, we were going to live with, with Derrick Rose shooting mid-range jumpers. As long as those weren't threes, we were we were happy with it. And he said a, a credit to Delhi, who probably had his pride hurt a little bit by getting those, I mean, 26 points, 13 of 16 from uh, the field for Derrick Rose, and it, it did feel like just an endless barrage of jumpers, but they were all twos. And and that's kind of what we always talk about. You don't want to you want to limit those threes, and the Knicks take just twenty threes tonight. And again, you, you see Rose shoot mid range jumper after mid range jumper, and you're going to live with that. And the the Bucks did. And I, I do have to say this, Frank. Watching Derrick Rose is super depressing. Like he was he was really good tonight. Thirteen of sixteen from the field, twenty six points, but just no explosion. He. When you used to watch Derrick Rose, there used to be just this joy of seeing this guy that was 6'1", 6'2", whatever he is, bounce around, shake some dudes up off the dribble, and then go cram on somebody or do an insane up-and-under finish or do just anything at the rim, and it's just gone. Like, it's not there anymore. And it's just sad to kind of think about what Derrick Rose could have been and then what he now looks like. And like I said, he had a good game tonight, 26 and six on 80% shooting. That's awesome. But you don't, you don't get the actual Derrick Rose experience anymore. And it just makes me sad. If I'm being totally honest, it makes me sad watching him now. Yeah. You know, in the grand scheme of people to feel sorry for, um, that's true. and, and And I know you're saying this as a basketball fan, which I appreciate. Um, but you know, Derrick Rose, what we've learned about Derrick Rose. Yeah. He's not the best guy. Yeah. You know what? I'm 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 not that worried about Derrick Rose and of all the people that you know could could lose their uh, elite athletic ability or whatever it might be. I think um, that's fair. I think he'll be fine. He's got his two hundred million dollar Adidas contract or whatever he got um, right before he got hurt. Um, so so it goes. Um, Matthew Delvadova, kind of speaking of Delhi, he got shook a couple times um, on those mid range jumpers, which again you you can live with all day. Um, and by the way. Jason Kidd learning and wanting to give up mid-range jump shots. That's a good sign. <laughs> um, uh, Knicks only go 7 out of 20 from 3. Uh, and Della Vidova, it was kind of funny. I, I He had, what, two threes and a floater in the in the fourth quarter? Am I remembering yep. that right? Um, finished with 10 points. So uh, fourth quarter Delhi, uh was actually a positive thing tonight, mm-hmm. um, which which was great to see. Um, had the floater uh, in the on the first possession for the Bucks. Um, off a of Giannis kick out, and then um, you know a couple big, a uh, couple big threes to give the Bucks an 85-79 lead. You know what's um, strange, and, Frank? It always yep, seems like people pay a lot of attention to what Delhi does, or at least my mentions would suggest it, and tell me how terrible he is, and that he's the worst player, and why isn't Brogdon playing more? And then Malcolm Brogdon goes one for eight from the field, zero oh for three from three, scores four points, and Delhi plays well and. You know what? My mentions don't really talk about it. It's weird. I don't know why. Well, I, you know, I mean, is there some bias but, there? Well, sure, but there's also, I mean, look, on the there's season, a plenty of sample size. I totally yeah. get it. I'm just, if someone plays well, can we just admit it? Like, yeah. my mentions were full even in the first half of how terrible Delhi was. Well, you know what? Malcolm was playing just as bad, and I, like this isn't to 
disparage someone else, but man, if someone plays good, why can't we just say they played good? Like no matter what they've done the rest of the season, no matter how terrible they've been, no matter how much you hate watching them play, why can't you just say that someone played good? Like and and this isn't well, to you, Frank, this is to you, the people, the the greater you. Why can't we just do it? Well, we don't, Eric, because you as a as a journalist uh know that people play well, not good. Um so <laughs> uh so that that's the first thing, but um I'm, I'm adjusting my little glasses. Uh, well done. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Delhi, Delhi played really well in the fourth quarter. So shout out to Delhi for, for getting it done. Um, uh, also, also, by the way, before I forget, shout out to uh, listener Harper Robinson. Uh, yeah. Her her dad, CJ, tweeting at us tonight. Uh, Harper is apparently a, a baller herself. Um, and I think CJ was saying that her – her coach looks like Delhi. Uh, oh, so um, I, I and we could probably make a joke about whether Delhi plays like her coach uh, <laughs> on a lot of nights. But anyway, shout out to Harper. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um, and uh, yeah, but Delhi played well tonight. And um, so yeah, that's good. Mean reversion, Delhi. Um, we've seen it in fits and starts of late, which is good. Um, Brogdon, as you said, was not was not particularly good and I didn't have his A game. Um, but ultimately, uh, when Giannis plays the way he does and, and Middleton, you know, not a monster game overall, fast start. Uh, but you know, they didn't really need him with, with Giannis going nuts and he didn't play in the fourth quarter, did he? He was not finishing the game. Um, he only played 28 minutes total. So I don't think he played um, in the fourth quarter. I'm double checking on popcorn machine right now, but I'm, I'm pretty positive that he didn't play in the fourth. No, he didn't play in the fourth quarter. Um, and they were, I mean, they were trading bucket for bucket. I think it was 21 to 18 after three quarters, Giannis to Middleton. And then he didn't play the, the final 12 minutes uh, post-game. Um, you'll notice Giannis played the final 24 minutes of the game. Yep. Not really ideal, obviously. Um, but when Jason mentioned it post-game, he said that their their big goal was to try to get Chris a break and make sure that they didn't overextend him, which unfortunately meant Giannis played the final 24 minutes. I think Jason Terry played the final 15 minutes in, ooh, I'm trying to think who else. Maybe Delhi played a, a whole mess of minutes except the final maybe two minutes. Um, so they, they ended up sticking with some guys. And, again, this is – a thing that we always worry about with Jason is his rotations and then staying with hot hands too long. And it uh, looks like Greg Monroe played the final 20 minutes of the game. Um, and this has been something that he's started to do a little bit more often as of late, I would say. The the sticking guys out for a while to end games. He's I know he's done it with Monroe throughout the season, but um, Giannis, he's been a little bit more willing to do that with as of late. Um after the game, I asked Chris if there was a number that they were trying to hold him under. Like, if there was a goal, hey, we don't want you to play over 30 minutes tonight, over 28 minutes. And he said there's not really. And he said his legs felt good and he thought he could have played more, but they wanted to get him a rest tonight. So I do wonder if maybe on Friday night that means they try to limit Giannis more. I can't imagine it is. And I do wonder what we'll see going forward as far as minutes distribution goes if they start to bump Giannis up even higher um there's been a couple games here where he's played quite a few minutes and specifically in the second half played a lot of 
a lot of second half minutes. Um, so I, I guess we'll kind of see how how that plays out. But I, I will definitely be curious, and I'll definitely be uh, paying attention to that. Yeah, and you know, it's sort of one of these things. Like as I've said, I'm I veer more on the side of uh, I'd rather just extend Giannis in these games where. I don't trust the Bucks to play without him versus trying to get him, um, you know, rest. And I think there's like probably, I mean, there's there's a way to balance these things, obviously. Um, you know, and overall he's at 35 and a half minutes per game on the season. So, uh, you know, I, I think people obviously today are, are much more cognizant of, of overextending guys with minutes. And, and I think that's, you know, a, a good thing in general. Um, but, you know, it's also, you know, Greg Popovich played Tim Duncan, I think, an average of about 40 minutes per game for the first five or six years of his career, right? Yep. Um, in the history of the sport, this is not uncommon to see these types of situations. I'd agree. Um, and I think we've probably gotten smarter um, about using guys. Um, you know, uh, if if Tom Thibodeau was, was the Bucks head coach, uh, Giannis would have played 45 minutes probably. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, you know, it's kind of one of those things, and, um, look, especially on a night like this, um, where, uh, you know, again, it's not like the second night of a back to back or something like that. And you absolutely need to win this game. Um, I think, uh, you know, you, you just kind of live with it. And obviously Giannis, when you were asking him about it in, in the locker room, he, he, he said he felt the way he said, he think he said he felt great. Right. You yeah. know, um, he, he was on a high and, and obviously, you know, you just hope that they've obviously got all their, uh, procedures in place for, for recovery. So, um, any any other things that kind of jumped out at you from from this game overall? Um, uh, I asked I asked Kid about it after the game, but Jason Terry, man, I I gave him a very tough time at the start of the season, and I I will more than willingly step up and admit that um, he, the Bucks just play well with him on the floor. He. <laughs> He, he's. I know there's times where the defense is just brutal with him because he he's old and he can't keep up with anyone. But some of the the best sequences you'll see from this Bucks team come with him on the floor. And I think it would be it'd be wrong not to kind of talk about how much he's meant to this team as that veteran. Uh, he's given that veteran leadership. Yep, thank you. Um, and he, <laughs> but I, I really do feel that way. That I've always been a big believer in that. When you're you're trying to rebuild a team, you, when you're trying to get young players to play well, you don't just play them with four other young players at the same time. You you don't go the Sixers route where it's just, all right, we're going to go out there, we're going to play as fast as we can, we're going to play as many young guys as we can for as many minutes as we can with as many possessions as we can, and this is the best way to get them their reps. I've just never been a big believer in that. I think you need guys to actively model the right way to play basketball, the right decisions to make, and the only way to do that is – with players on the floor, the coaches can talk about it. Other players can break down the film and they can try to figure that out. But I, I do truly really believe that veterans are the way to do that. And I, I would, the reason I've been thinking about it so much lately is I wrote about today that Middleton is back um, at ESPN Milwaukee and was talking about how he's figured out to be, how to be more of a leader, how to talk more. And then I went back and read, one of the first things I wrote in Milwaukee Magazine, which was about Jared Dudley and how when Jared Dudley was on the floor, you could hear him. You could hear him talking. You could hear the – you could you could, physically, you could literally hear 
the leadership coming out of him. He, he was telling people where to be. You, he was telling people how to play certain possessions, what pass was coming next, what out-of-bounds play was coming. You could hear those things, and those things – you can't teach a, a young player that they they need someone out on the floor with them to to give them that experience to give them those ideas to walk them through that stuff and Jason Terry deserves all the credit in the world for being that guy for this Bucks team. Yeah, and it's it's kind of funny. I, I think we, we flash back to the fall when there was this debate. You know that there was a talk about Ray Allen potentially being a guy the Bucks were interested in bringing back. Um, and then uh, Jet is the guy that they they ultimately signed to be that kind of veteran shooter. Uh, and obviously Ray didn't sign anywhere, and you know, was, you know at this point retired basically. Um, and you know I think our our view was we kind of preferred Jet just because well a he had played a basketball game in the last two years, um, but also because you know I mean yeah Ray Allen's a great player he means a lot to this franchise. Um, but I, you know, we we weren't exactly sure what a Ray Allen type guy would would mean for the locker room, you know. Um, and and again, it's not to say Ray Allen's like a bad guy or something like that, but you know, he kind of goes about his business, um, a quieter guy. Um, he's not a rah rah guy. He's not a vocal guy. And you know, one of the things that that as you mentioned that has been a consistent theme people talk about the last couple of years is the fact that the Bucks are kind of quiet on court. Um, yep. The Bucks maybe also have been kind of quiet off uh, off the court as well. And uh, if Jason Terry is one thing, it is not quiet. <laughs> um, as my, my favorite Jason Terry, uh, uh, you know, Jason Terryism is that, you know, again, nobody spends more time on the court while he's on the bench than Jason Terry. Um, you know, I think back, I think it was in the, the first Knicks game in Milwaukee where, you know, something happened and then there was a, he, the, the Bucks went on a run and then, uh, I think it might have been after he threw that that alley oop to Jabari on the break, that gorgeous alley oop, mm-hmm. and um, then there was a timeout I think on the other side, and he immediately like goes from playing in the basketball game to jumping up on the like <laughs> scorer's table to get the crowd into it, yeah. and uh, and and that's awesome. And um, you know I, I I forgot to mention it yesterday, but after we discussed sort of the you know why we can't sort of get down with tanking at least sort of the the more blatant idea of it or, or the even just the word mm-hmm. um you know my my dad actually sent me an email and my dad's been a season ticket holder since 1992 um so you know he's he's 25 years he's been paying the bucks thousands of dollars um <laughs> to uh to 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 watch them play basketball and you know he's not like uh you know virulently like anti-rebuilding i mean He's been a Bucks fan, paying them money for 25 years. Yeah. So he obviously like gets. He's been it through some need, stuff. Yeah. He obviously gets that you need young players, and you you can't just you know try to get a bunch of vets and go for the eight seed every year. But um, but you know he pointed out like, look, you're paying thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Basically, the Bucks are like a another child he's had that he put through like an expensive private college. Basically, that's the kind of money he's. <laughs> He's shipped the Milwaukee Bucks over the last 25 years. Um, you know, if you're paying a lot of money for tickets, hey, uh, we, you get you know everybody gets that you gotta do what's right for the long term view of the franchise. But yeah, I mean, you want to see a team that's competitive. Yep. All things being equal, you want to see a team that is going out to win games and 
you know, that, that is not trying to, to, you know, put in a half-assed effort. And again, that's more of a, you know, I think an effort thing, the players. Uh, and again, I don't think people typically say that the players are, are you know, care about, players don't care about draft picks. If anything, they don't want high draft picks because they don't want a young guy coming in and taking anybody's job. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, again, I, I think this team has, has obviously had some struggles at home this year. And, you know, say what you will about the Bucks and whether, you know, a ninth seed or a run at the eighth seed, like how much that really matters in the grand scheme of things. Um, I think for this franchise, again, I think just, you know, it's it's game by game, right? There there is positive sort of vibes around the team in the big picture, I think. But you know, you got to you got to kind of win that battle every game, right? You have those Nuggets games; it's a setback, and and you know you're just trying to push the team and the perception of the team in the right direction. And you know, I think nights like this, nights like the last two uh, over the weekend, um, those are those are important. And I think it's important that you know again this franchise start to show that it's serious and and can actually be somewhat consistent about about bringing that and and putting on a show for people and giving people something to cheer for so um shout out to my dad for reminding me that oh yeah people pay a lot of money to watch this team play basketball (laughs) and that's it's kind of a nice thing when when they're not you know just sort of circling the drain (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and people are paying their their hard-earned money so um so glad that people got to see another another win tonight and another great performance from from Giannis above all else, but um, you know we'll we'll see uh, in a couple of days if uh, if they can keep it going. All right, I think that's all we got. Um, I, the only other thing I would mention is we saw the return of the Giannis Deli pick and roll being successful, which is nice. Um, that was a that was a play the Bucks went to uh, again and again early in the season, and they they kind of went back to that look again tonight, and it was successful. So that's nice to see that uh, as time goes by and it stops being successful all of a sudden you wait long enough and then deploy it again well all of a sudden it can it can work um i i think other than that that's all i got it was a it was a fun night to watch um chris middleton four of six from three that's nice yeah um the bucks only hit eight threes on the night but still 26 attempts that's another good number um and I, i think that's about it uh we will we will talk to you tomorrow. Um, we'll get you ready for the weekend. Another Friday, Saturday, back to back at home, which is very strange. Um, I, I was talking to uh, Mark Rosenberg of Bucks PR, and he said he's been with the Bucks I think six or seven years. I apologize, Mark, if I got that wrong. I don't even know if you're listening, but if someone would send you this clip, um, and, and he said that during those six years, he doesn't think they had a home back-to-back maybe once in, in his six or seven years and now back-to-back weekends the bucks have friday saturday home back-to-backs strange strange stuff um but for the bucks that's something that they can capitalize on and hopefully try to take advantage of so we'll see if they can do that we'll talk to you tomorrow we'll try to see if there's anything else we thought was interesting about this game and we'll we'll have a discussion about it for frank men i've been eric name this has been lockdown bucks we'll talk to you tomorrow